Boston's what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Sounds like the beginning of a party, ladies Welcome, and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Smokin' and Toastin' is heard on all of the major uh, social networks. Uh, we're also Even available. where you live, yes. Yep. We're also available mm-hmm. on YouTube, all the regular podcast locations, and now heard uh, across the United States, or across North America, actually, on, uh, on great radio stations like... They still haven't given question us a list. Mark, I have no mark, idea what mark. stations we're on. <laughs> like, insert name of yeah. radio station if, here. <laughs> if you are listening and you know the name of the radio station you're listening us, to us on, do us a favor and send us a uh, uh, an email so we can recognize you. That's right. Just, uh, like, see, I've always wanted to do that thing that Casey Kasem did, you know, uh, back in the old American Top 40 days where he'd say, American Top 40 is heard on great radio stations like, and then it'd be something ridiculous like, W-Y-R-T. Poonville, Alabama. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, really, you know. But uh, anyway, it, it's uh, it, it's nice to be heard, and it's nice for people to be uh, uh, becoming a part of the Smoking and Toasting family. And speaking of family, our guests today kind of feel like Smoking and Toasting family members. They've both been on before. We've had great fun with both of them. So please welcome from Pierre Ferrand, Mr. Greg Duxakis. Maison Ferrand. Maison Ferrand. Maison Maison I, Maison. I always go with Pierre because that's what's on the bottle, and I always get that wrong. But Maison Ferrand is the larger Maison Ferrand is the company. company. Yes. yes. And, and finally, and finally, the spiky thoughts. It's back on the show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> See, you, you, I've said that like 10 times. I'm going to get t-shirts made. You haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Spiky Fots is because I'm a friend of the show, and whenever I'm on, the ratings spike. Uh, there you go. Spiky Fots. I'm not going to explain that again. It's this called time. the Dox Effect. The Dox Effect. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And not only do we have Dox from uh, Maison Ferrand, which I have to point out includes Plantation Rum, because Plantation Rum's like... Sort of a religious thing in our household, uh, but also we have um, Mr. Robert Licorice from Iron Root Distillery returning to the show. How's it going? Nice to have you. It has been a while since we had you on, and your bottles were a different shape, as I recall. They were. They were. Yeah. Thank in you, fact, COVID. the one the one in my bar is a different shape. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, but which just goes to show you, I haven't quite finished it yet. It's being held for special occasions. At they this they point. don't last so long at my house. Yeah. Well, see, the problem that I have is that whenever a bottle of something gets down to like, you know, maybe that much left. Then I stop drinking it because I'm like, oh no, I don't want to be out of this. It's gonna go away. Yeah, it's gonna go away. Yeah, you got to do the infinity bottle. The infinity bottle. I, I have an infinity bottle for bourbon, infinity bottle for scotch, and infinity bottle for cognac and rum. And just when it gets to that last two sips, pour it in there and just blend and blend and blend. And inevitably, the best <laughs> thing behind your bar is always the infinity bottle. <laughs> and you have the happen. stones in your glove so that uh, the infinity bottle is always it's full. Balanced as all things should be. Yeah, very good. Just good to know. <laughs> so we're bringing the spirits together today. You know, the in reason, the geekiest way, that yeah. was oddly well done. Yes, it really was. It really was. We can always count on uh, Docs to let the geek flag fly and uh, and to make things uh, make things that if I said them, you'd say they were nerdy. He says them, they're cool. So that's uh, that's just kind of the way it works. Uh, but we have you guys here together because we're we are in a very real sense bringing the spirits together. 
your companies, Plantation Rum and uh, Iron Root Distillery, you guys have been on a bit of a uh, uh, cask-sharing mission, have you not? Yeah, we have. I think it's a little bit more than that because we have uh, lots of uh, partners that we have with our our, our, um, ca- our, our barrel exchange program. Yeah, but yeah. the roots went a little deeper with Iron Root. And uh, um, I mean, do, do we have time to get into that now, or should we wait till another segment? Because the roots—it's it's, it's a long story. I mean, you know, let's let's hold off on no. that because we'll we'll do that when we start the uh, the tasting here coming up into, into a couple segments. So, uh, actually, we'll start the tasting next segment. But uh, uh, I do want to tell you about a couple of other things that we'll be doing in addition to talking about that taste. Those spirits will also be tasting some pretty interesting beers from Corrales, New Mexico, and Ex Novo Brewing Company. They're Crispy's Kolsch, which sounds kind of like a Captain Crunch cereal, but it's uh, it it's not. Awesome, it, it, it's a Kolsch. Uh, and then uh, maybe one of the better named beers we've ever had on the program from um, the uh, Voodoo Brewing Company in Meadville, Pennsylvania. We'll be tasting their Imperial IPA that's named. I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. <laughs> Is that like the greatest beer name ever? I'm a loner, Dottie. <laughs> it, it's, it's like we've had some really good ones. In fact, what was that one? There was one brewery that used to have the really super long ones. You remember that? I'm we had blanking some, on the name yeah, of the brewery. I, I am too. We haven't had beer titles. We haven't had one of those. Entire sentence. Yeah, and elderly woman in a small town it, yeah. under behind the counter or whatever that that type of <laughs> riding thing. a subway yeah. through New York <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we also will be tasting something from 903. Uh, 903 Brewers, a very reputable uh, establishment from out of Sherman, Texas. We'll be tasting their American Imperial Stout that I chose strictly for the name. Chupacabra. Oh, that's just a fun word to say. My fantasy football team is the Chupacabras. That's what they're called. I think think someone should name an actual major sports team. And for those of you outside of the state of Texas, uh, and and generally southern states, you might want to look up Chupacabra. Well, it's a a mythical creature. It's kind of like Bigfoot or the Yeti or... Or Or is it mythical? Or is it, yes. Keep Uh, your goats away. Yeah, but apparently it sucks the blood out of goats, and goats are found... The goat carcasses are found with all the blood drained from them in Mexico, and the legend of the chupacabra was born. So that's like the basilope. Yeah, yeah. The basilope is a lot friendlier, I think, than the chupacabra. <laughs> the um, uh, so in addition to that, we will be uh, telling you about some cigars to watch for. Uh, we will be uh, doing the most popular segment on this program, even more popular than the segments where Docs is a guest. So if we have Docs as a guest and this segment on the same show... Now, we're going to be batting it out of we're the park in this fire. one. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, is Drinking News. And today's Drinking News teaser headline is... And it's so appropriate. To quote Beavis, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> that wasn't a half bad Beavis. That was good Beavis. This is, this is not bad. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it. Although they do have new Beavis and Butthead episodes, I think, on... Uh, Paramount Plus now. Yeah, I have not seen those. I haven't either. I, it, it, it kind of, like, in my brain, that's... 20 years ago. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if I really want to watch Beavis and Butthead. Uh, I, I, I deleted the file, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, you know, probably, yeah, you yeah. got to wonder best. if it's just the same jokes. Yeah. Because it probably is. Because it probably is. But I don't know. Ian, did you have a chance to uh, smoke anything interesting this week? I did. I did, actually. Why don't you tell uh, us well, about I it. smoked lots of interesting cigars. Anything legal? Because it was birthday. Yes. Yes. But yes. nothing that I hadn't had before. So okay. I, uh, so I stopped in uh, uh, Casa and picked up a Punch Knuckle Buster. Ooh, I like the Knuckle Buster. So, uh, yeah, this was the Habano Stubby with the <laughs> Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, a Nicaraguan Habano binder, and the filler is Nicaraguan Habano and Honduran tobaccos. Mm. Almost a puro on that. 
Uh, the appearance on this light brown, leafy, and leathery with some veins. Brack, it has this brass knuckle band. Um, that's pretty cool looking. Uh, you can see it in the picture right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, firm overall with a few soft spots on it. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this, I got earth and leather, sweet and coffee kind of at the foot of the cigar. The pre-light draw, I used a clip on this, had an effortless draw. Earthy and leathery with sweet woody notes is what I got uh, before I lit it. Uh, once I lit it up, I got earth and wood, underlying sweetness and dark fruit. Retrohale was cedar and sweet. The first third of the cigar started off with sweet wood, dark fruit, raisin, earth and leather and some random person calling me while i'm trying to read this Stop <laughs> i hate when that happens right? it just it just covers half my screen yeah um that's <laughs> so professional of me um so, <laughs> so yeah the, the first third of the cigar starts off sweet wood dark fruit uh raisin earth and leather settles into a solid medium with massive plumes of smoke nutty under undertones weave throughout um retro hail is cedar and sweet solid ash perfect burn the second third of this comes in. Uh, warm notes of leather and fresh-cut lumber ramp up the interest. Uh, dark fruit and raisin remain consistent, followed by a nutty and slightly uh, chocolatey note. A retro hail sweet and woody with a kiss of spice. Solid ash had a very uneven burn at this point. Mm. You can see in that picture right there. Yeah. If you're looking at this on online or on uh, YouTube. Uh, the last third of this, uh, I, used a, I used my uh, lighter to touch up the burn. It seemed to go okay for a little while. Um, uh, I got most of the same things, but towards the very end, like right about the part where you're like, I'm going to go 100% with the cigar, it got a bit of a bitter kind of... Some harshness. Yeah, yeah a little a little harshness, a little um, what I described as tangy with a touch of ashtray. Mm, that's not so, a good... Uh, no, good it's not note. a good good bitter. A little touch of ashtray in the aftertaste. Uh, the retro ale is woody and sweet, solid ash, uneven burn. Um, so... So knowing two things about it, the burn had a little unevenness towards the end, and then uh, and then at the very tail end of this cigar, <clears throat> it gets a little not good. Yeah, the cigar is six dollars, so it's not like it's a twelve dollars six cigar. and a little yeah. bit of change. Yeah, um, and it's punch, and it's the flavors that I got in there were real good. So I'm going to give it a five. You're getting six dollars worth of cigar yeah. here, even if you ditch the uh, tail end of 100%. it. Hundred percent. It's it's when I smoke a twelve dollar cigar and it has a couple of those kind of right, issues. Right. That I'm kind of like, okay. Or even at 8 or $9, it's like, well, I know a lot of other cigars at this price range that don't do that, right. that are good. So, no, but, it's uh, $6, but I would say it's 6 bucks. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, $6 uh, uh, is, is, is not too bad. That's that's our new budget and cigar at this point. You know, I used to smoke a, my go-to cigar was a $5 cigar back in the day. It was yeah. a Rocky Patel Edge. Yeah. And that was just, you You couldn't do any better for $5. It was pretty you know? difficult, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear, by the way, and uh, for this week's show, I smoked the Rocky Patel 20th anniversary, the Edge Robusto. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you've talked about this cigar on the on the program before. But just to be clear, the original Edge did not come out 20 years ago. According to uh, Rocky Patel Cigars, the eighth different blend of the Edge, which is what this one is, uh, which came out in 2022, and it's called the Edge 20th Anniversary, is so named because it had been 20 years since work on the Edge began. Ah. So that's how they're calculating it. I don't want to get anybody caught up in a calendar crisis here. So uh, the Edge 20th is uh, built around an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, uh, just like the very first 
first blend of the edge was, and it uses Habano binder from Honduras and filler tobacco from Honduras and Panama, all blended and rolled at Rocky's factory in Nicaragua. Uh, it's a very pretty cigar with a much fancier band than the original edge. Actually, it didn't even have a band at all when it first came out. Right. And then they added the footer band, and then that footer band moved up later. Uh, but anyway, it's a nice reddish-brown color, fancy band, appears to the eyes like the whole thing's pretty well put together. The pre-light sniff and draw were fairly mild on this 20th anniversary, a little bit of chocolate and leather, but once I lit it up, the flavor profile of the cigar started to take shape pretty quickly. Nice warm notes of earth intertwined with roasted nuts and red pepper, and as I smoked into the second third, a tea leaf note emerged, along with a creaminess that worked really nicely with all the flavors, which now included the leather that I'd gotten back on the pre-light draw. Around the halfway point, pepper ramped up, taking center stage for most of the rest of the cigar. It was accompanied by a touch of lemon zest, along with the pepper that left a nice tang on the tongue. Final third was pepper, chocolate, leather, black tea, and citrus zest all working together quite nicely and combining for a really enjoyable smoke. I mentioned the original Edge was my go-to for years, and it was five bucks, and you just couldn't beat it for flavor and strength. Edge today, the same cigar, <clears throat> runs about eight to nine dollars per stick, and the Edge 20th anniversary is eleven to twelve bucks, depending on where you get it. Which does make me wonder about the marketing strategy. Edge always struck me as kind of like a working class cigar. Uh, solid, great for the money, dependable. But with the 20th anniversary, the price tiptoes towards super premium. And it makes me wonder, should this have been marketed maybe as something else that was not the Edge and just more of a super premium line at a price that's just south of super premium? People don't go to McDonald's for a steak, but you can get a damn good burger at Morton's. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So uh, any, anyway, in the end, it doesn't really matter. Cigar is very good. It's not overpriced. I really enjoyed the Rocky Patel 20th Anniversary Edge, and I recommend it highly. Price to quality, a solid five. Nice. Do you remember what you gave it on yours? A couple of fives. As a matter of fact, I had it pulled up here, and I could tell you uh, in one second here. Let's okay. I give it a solid five. Solid five. All right. Sounds like uh, a lot of the like we're both on the same page. You, uh, pulled as well. I'm very excited about beginning to taste some of these concoctions, and we will do so when we return. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is not only heard all over the internet, but also on great stations like WXYZ, Minot, North Dakota, where they uh, may be interested in this. I made that up. There isn't a WXYZ in Minot, North Dakota. But what is happening in North Dakota is that a ban on cigar lounges that's almost 10 years old has just been repealed. And we mentioned this last week, but we didn't get to talk about it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand that. Like, why would why would you ban cigar Lounges. If anything, that's where the people who don't want to experience cigar smoke, they should be happy about cigar lounges because they just don't have yeah, to go in there. Yeah, because then it's localized, yeah, it's right? Lo exactly. It seems to me like the perfect thing to uh, uh, to keep it out of your way if you don't want it at you know restaurants or bars or 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 even outdoor spaces, which happens sometimes. You know what you're getting when you go to a cigar Absolutely. lounge. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of like we, we, when you walk into a daycare. You know yeah. it's not going to be quiet and peaceful. That's just not what they're about, right? It's going to be you know kids playing and running around and having a good time, and it, it's the same thing in the cigar bar, except there's less running around, and, and the good time is more guys sitting and enjoying a, a stove. So, so. Um, 
Like a professional doing shore leave here. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something about uh, fizzy me, beer. So Ian just poured this Ex Novo, which we're about to uh, and taste it looks for this it looks segment. like a Chris Hart poured. Well, I was on just this. about to say that's exactly. What but it I mean, like. I actually poured gently towards the side look of the at, glass. Look at mine. There's like two, three times more uh, fizz than there is uh, beer. So this, uh, they may have. Um, like I, we haven't tried it yet, but I'm yeah. going to go ahead and say that it might be slightly overcarbonated. Well, it certainly did. Everybody do that, or oh yeah, no, oh, every yeah, single okay. one of them. All right. Well, I thought it might be the be first one, but no, every single one of them did that. Right. Ex novo. It's s- Latin for super fizzy. It, so you didn't you didn't hard pour this? You you swear? <laughs> no. Okay. He watched me. Yeah. All right. So let's see what we got here. This is uh, this is very interesting. It was gentle. It's, it is very it is very foamy. Everyone you know what, gets though? a little mustache today, whether you, you know came what, in though? with one or not. When you when you get through the foam, it's actually very good and surprisingly, Your not mustache didn't change heavily color. carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, you got jokes, huh? Wow. You got old man jokes. All right. So, so All this right. is a, this is a turnabout of the normal uh, <laughs> dynamic with uh, with Docs. Usually, he's the one dishing it out. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. got it. It, the- is, it is actually oddly good. The, yeah, um, I, the I, nose I on it's really good as well. The nose yeah, on it's like just very gently malty and um, and Ex Novo is uh, it, they're a pretty interesting uh, brewery. They are located in Corrales, New Mexico, and there's some very interesting craft beer stuff going on in New Mexico. Um, I got to stop at. Uh, uh, at one of the creperies when I was through there last summer, and uh, just just really 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 great stuff. But this I feel like is light. It's very drinkable. It's a, you just have to wait for the fizz to is, go down. It is you so know? fizzy. I just like ever so slightly poured a little more in, and the fizz is not but gone. It is as you mentioned though before we tasted it. It was easy to say this is probably going to be overcarbonated. I don't think it actually is when you drink it. Would you agree? Well, I'd say it's overcarbonated in the can. Yeah. I think that I think that if they if they leveled out the carbonation and figured that out, it'd be easier to pour. But it does taste good. Well, yeah. I, I will just say that when I've had beers that I consider to be overcarbonated, it's because the carbonation actually interferes with your enjoyment of. Uh, all right. So you actually waited until the foam was gone. Like I saw, how is it without foam at all? Really, really good. I think for me, it, you get the kind of classic German style on this. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. Um, yeah. Just that super crisp cold. There's there's almost like a tobacco-y finish to it as well that I really, really like. Like kind of that it, it's a little malty, dark, malty yeah. kind of a dry thing. Yeah. I, I think this is very good. I would say this is one that, you know, go ahead and pour it into your cold glass, leave the room, like do run some errands, you know, make dinner, make a sandwich, and then come back and it'll be perfect. <laughs> ready to rock and roll. Oh, and then you can pour the other half of the glass. <laughs> right, in exactly. Because, yeah, you will, you will have the. You said maltiness, and the way that I described it, first thing came to my mind, it, it's. Go ahead. The, the, it's got that maltiness that one would want from a German beer, but it's not so overbearing to where you're tasting it for six weeks even after you're done drinking it. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I, I, I agree totally, and I think there are some German beers that I that I find too malty like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but not this one. All right, it's means. time to start tasting some Iron Root and some uh, Plantation Rum, and we'll do that when we come back. It's smoking and Toasting.
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We've uh, talked about the cigars. We've tasted the craft beer. Now it's time to talk spirits for a little bit as we uh, welcome back to the program two of our favorite guests, uh, of course, from Plantation Rum and Maison Ferran, Mr. Greg Duxakis, and from Iron Root Distillery, Mr. Robert Ligarish. Welcome back, gentlemen. And uh, it's nice to have you both on here at the same time. But the reason that this came about was not just, you know, friendly, uh, uh, let's get on the show and talk about each other's products, but you guys have been collaborating. I, I know. I, I, that's It's such an interesting story, but I think that everybody out there would like to know, you talked about your two favorite guests. Can you speak about some of your least favorite guests real oh, quick? Uh, yes, of course. There's uh, Chris Hart, our, uh, our uh, whiskey God, please, expert. Just, uh, uh, there sick. is uh, Alan Denny. Uh, Alan Denny, uh, yes, uh, and and we know they're our least favorite because we've been told by at least one person in the Apple reviews of the podcast that nobody cares about those guys. <laughs> so so that's Did they really. Yeah, I have read one half of one review there, and that's what it said. Negative. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's awful. Yeah. I just, yeah, no, that's terrible. So that's, that's, that's lovely hilarious. guys. That's where my perspective. Alan comes and Chris, from. We, we, I care. Greg Docs cares. We we do love those guys yeah. for for real. It's uh, you know. It's yeah, they're welcome on any time, and particularly when like a guest, you know, bails at the last minute or something, then they're then they're really welcome. They help, them, <laughs> help them save our ass. You know what I mean? As we all know, it's old standby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> if you happen so. to be in the area and you'd like to crash a podcast, yeah, exactly. So uh, you guys have been uh, have been collaborating though, and did it start as just uh, you know a little a barrel exchange program and grow from there or, or, or tell me tell me about the whole evolution of this i, I think rob can explain it best cuz it was his, his mother the first lady of texas whiskey that got the whole thing she's going. fantastic by the way she's awesome oh. yes <laughs> she's a force of nature she's the way i like to describe I, that we've had her on I, I can identify with this she she has no fear no fear whatsoever <laughs> love um, it so I, I things started out actually with uh, docs um, at the houston whiskey social my mom just being the the lady that she is, walked up to him and told him how much she enjoyed uh, Pierre Ferrand stuff, and uh, they kind of hit it off. And next thing I know, she's asking him for uh, if we can go hang out with the, them in France. So, oh, nice, nice. So we got we got invited over I to the asked, chateau. Yeah. I should have asked Docs if you and I could go hang out with them in France. We're gonna make that happen someday. Okay. I mean, Fair I'm enough. giving you the look right now. Why yeah. haven't you? Yeah, asked exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just want to mention, by the way, this happened at the Houston Whiskey Social, which is put on by a group of people, including. Bring this full circle. Yes. Chris Hart and Alan Denny are, are nobody cares about these guys. Guys, so obviously somebody cares about them, right? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So in the the kind of crazy thing with this whole story uh, has to do with the, actually the cities that uh, obviously Cognac and where our distillery is in Denison. They actually are sister cities because they share this really kind of crazy grape heritage together. Cool. Um, that I know I've talked about it. Previously. Is that a made up thing or are they actual sister cities declared by the government? Oh yeah. It's a real thing, and uh, I, I can't speak for Denison, but when you're when you're leaving uh, the city of Cognac, or I should say entering uh, and leaving, it'll show you all the sister cities, and there's about seven or eight, and yeah. they're around the world, and one of them clearly there is Denison, Texas. That's so cool. And the reason is, is because uh, in the phylloxera epidemic that wiped out the vineyards right, of, right, right. of Europe, you know, in the 1800s for nearly two, two decades, uh, the vines, or I should say the the roots that they used mm-hmm. to graft the vines to make it impervious um, to the uh, uh, to the bug came from Denison, Texas. That's so cool. Hence, the sister city. Love so, it. now, when they were there, this is just a, a tremendous story, and I, I, I really hope you guys meet, get to meet, meet him someday. We have a historian on payroll. His name is Jacques Blanc. He's an interesting guy. guy. He's like He's like 
I don't know, he's like 75 years old, but he looks younger than me. Uh, and he's had an interesting life. He's got a very, uh, uh, um, he's got a soothing voice. He worked at the at the Playboy Club in Chicago in the 70s. <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's been married like, you know, a few times. He's we want to hear him go, <laughs> hello, lady. He's, he's <laughs> bonjour, madame. <laughs> so so, so it, would yeah. be, it, it would be, it would be, he's just a man of the world, but he's just, he's, he's, he's a, a true historian. And, and we learned so much about uh, the, the the Ferran family once he got access to some of the family's old archives. Mm. But there was one thing that eluded him, and that is there was a gentleman from Texas that he had a picture of but never knew the name. And this is the guy that came over to France and to Europe and kind of showed them this is how we're going to do this, right? How we're going to beat the bug. Never knew the name until uh, Marsha brought a book to Jacques as a gift about this guy's life. And he's like... I've been looking for this guy's oh, name for forever, and, and just wow. boom, 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 just just pure coincidence that you know uh, they got an opportunity to go stay out there at our, at our house and spend some time with Jacques and the team, and just you know uh, this this dead end that he had on this research, and, and she solved it right there. It's amazing, so cool, that's fantastic. And the story has just been full of just some really just kind of crazy things that have come around, like the very first spirits kind of festival the first time that we ever like showed people we were making spirits out in the world was at tail the cocktail and we ended up going to the class that alexander was doing years ago i mean i think this is 2014 or 15 was this the one where the the the, the still almost caught fire yeah yes that's a good one that's a good one I before be i one. joined the company yeah. i want to be at that one yeah uh, but at, like after the talk uh, <coughs> my brother and i went up there and we were talking with alexander my brother handed him his our card and he looked at it and he took it with both hands and goes dennis in texas like you have no idea what that means to me, and one day I'm going to have to make a pilgrimage there because of the sister city wow. situation. Oh, and, cool, cool. You know, years later, who shows up but Alexander? So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. We that's got a great awesome. picture of uh, Alexander Bex and myself in front of the Welcome at Denison uh, uh, road sign. It's nice, and it's not exactly in a safe area, so we've got <laughs> Texas <laughs> traffic zooming past us, going, Denison. Quick, quick, take the photo. <laughs> well, that's good. So it seemed really like a natural thing then. That your two companies would get involved in in helping each other out with uh, a barrel exchange program. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I, I think that one of the things that we've admired about Ferran throughout the years, one, the always willing to take chances and experiment with things like mm-hmm. with the chestnut barrels and the fact that they breach out and work with these other companies around around the world was something that was, again, collaboration is, always makes things more fun for spirit producers. Yeah, so. it's, it's true in, in everything. I mean, it's mm-hmm. true in music. It's true in, uh, you know, all kinds of different things. But to be able to see, you know, I love when I uh, pick up a bottle of something and I see that uh, it was done in conjunction with a beer that I know or, or another mm-hmm. spirit that I know. It makes, it just adds that extra layer of, uh, I got to try this. You know what I mean? Uh, so So what was the first thing that you guys did from a barrel exchange standpoint? Uh, so the very first thing we did, we actually sent spirit to each other and oh. sat down and talked about the notes and kind of what we liked and kind of each dreamed up kind of what we thought the <clears throat> would be the best pairing. And then it was calling up like, hey, do you have a bottle of, you know, the Jamaican or the Fiji? Like add a little bit of your whiskey to it. Tell us what you think about it. And it was playing around with that so kind of concepts. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. That, again. I mean, that sounds like a blast. Uh, again, <laughs> my guidance counselor was just completely inept. I did not know these kind of jobs existed <laughs> they didn't. when I was in school. Uh, because I would have jumped into that right away. Uh, so what was the first thing that you collaborated on? Uh, so the, that, that was released to the public. Uh, well, we were about, we got them right here, but you know, 
We're getting ahead of it, man. We want, okay. We're, we're going to ease into well, it. Well, where are we starting? We're going to start actually. Because I'm thirsty. <laughs> we're going to start with a product we just released, which is our uh, our brandy, but actually it is what we call the Sister City blend. So this oh. is actually a blend of 10-year-old cognac and 9-year-old Shannon uh, Blanc brandy from local from Texas that we distilled. So, so, so the brandy you distilled here and the cognac came from. Uh, <laughs> we begged them to use our cognac and they uh, wouldn't. Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. No, no, we just it's we we don't we don't source a lot out because we're pretty much using all that we using make. All so, that you yeah. have. Okay, gotcha. So. I, had, I had to make do, but having been there and being able to taste some of their stuff, it was uh, it gave me some inspiration and in what to look for and what to what to do while we, cool. we were looking. Cool. So again, this process of just discovery is awesome yeah. <laughs> you know it really is so yeah and so kind of one of the fun things we'll get into the spirit when i get you guys a little glasses of everything mm-hmm. here if i'm not over pouring everything um there is no such thing as i don't know what that means smoking <laughs> adjusted so i mean challenge accepted excellent excellent um is that so this actually this product we put together uh, was actually for the 150th anniversary of Denison. Okay. And we used it to actually raise money for the Sister City program. So what That's it, cool. What it does is it helps, like, high school students study abroad for a semester in each of the different cities. So. Did you get yours? And that's that's got to be one of the coolest things about the Sister City uh, uh, program, in my opinion, is I think any time you give students from one country an opportunity to experience another country with culture and 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 uh, all the That's different things that are cool. different it, it's one of the best things you could do i think in education but it's not like people can just afford to do that so it right. takes these these sort of programs to make this absolutely work so what are we tasting here again what is this actually called so this is called it's a it's called brandy but it's a it's called the sister city blend so you can see the tv munson photo on the front that uh, we took and made a in, into a little bit of magician oh, so. nice. <laughs> munson was the guy that, 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 that sleight of hand mm-hmm. sleight of hand and the magician thing comes from uh, that's just because it's uh, the blending of the different things together. But so Got it's it. actually Munson was the one who did all the research on the grapevine and the roots. And so this is a brandy and a cognac blended together. And what percentages? So this is uh, so you're looking at 20% Chenin Blanc out of Texas mm. and 80% uh, of the cognac. Mm. That's really good. Does it's, that make it? It's, it's dreadful. Cognacy. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Does that make it a cognacy? A cognacy, perhaps. Something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, so super pear skin right on the mm-hmm. nose. It's really mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, it's so interesting because the initial flavor of it has this huge warm kind of yes, like just palate enveloping thing going on, and when it finishes, it has this kiss of heat that pops up yeah. immediately in the mm-hmm. best possible way. Would, would that be a, a a brandy hug or a, a cognac hug or a? It's it's a little more immediate than than just a hug. Well, no, that's true. It does come right on the finish. The brandy hugs you. The cognac wants to make out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works, gentlemen. That's really really good. So this is this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does a bottle like this retail for? So fifty nine ninety nine is what we mm-hmm. sell it for. That's pretty impressive. It's so that's interesting. Like I, this isn't like 
you know the other bottles that I've tried before. How many bottles of blended brandy and cognac? No, I, just, I don't think I've ever tried a, a blended cognac and brandy before. Have I? That's yeah. awesome. I don't, think so. a, I don't think so. Not a lot uh, of those out on the market. We haven't no. had. I know we haven't had one on the show. Are so. there are there other ones out that we? I, I almost made a joke, but gosh, I don't want to get sued by the big companies. So no, you haven't tasted a brandy <laughs> cognac blend before. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of jokes that I'm not mm-hmm. saying because mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can still say the jokes. You just have to come up with a few different words. You know, that's all. That's all. Uh, and and if you happen to let one of the other words drop, that just means Adam in the cloud has more work to do when he edits the show <laughs> this week. So, Thanks so, ahead of time, that'll, Adam. That'll, that'll totally work. Um, all right. So we were going to taste two things in this segment. Right. So uh, hard hard to move on from this though because I really like it. Where are we going next? We're going on back to bourbon next. So. Uh, you guys are known for this, so oh, yeah. that's, like, that's like a that's like a country song right there. Does Back to bourbon. A, yeah. Does anyone need a pour glass? Uh, got one here. Yeah. I think we're good. See, so I'm, we got. I'm, I'm going to start my own little infinity cup here. Uh, <laughs> so by the end of today, I like that. That's a good idea. There was like a couple episodes long back where I accidentally drank the dump cup instead of what the they were serving. Cup. I was yeah. like, that's is... that's got a lot going on, yeah. man. <laughs> Talk about complexity. So, guys, we got about three minutes left in this segment, so I want to make sure we get time to the uh, high class version of a. Matt Dillon, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure we take the time to uh, to taste this bourbon appropriately. Now, is this something new from your lineup? This is something new. So this is actually a product you can find in Total Wines across the country. And this is something that we actually came up with at Veranda at the uh, at the mansion. So one night while we were there, we were uh, uh, one of the gentlemen who came with us, his name is Chris Trevino, Liquor Hound on YouTube. And we were, he was lamenting that the fact that you, in rum, you see a bunch of calm still and pot still sit and distillate being blended together, but you didn't really see that in American spirits. Mm-hmm. And so I, I looked at him <clears> and I was like, Chris, well, we make funky, uh, we make funky pot still bourbons. And I, we know if you guys make the really clean, beautiful calm still bourbons, it's like, we can do that. And so next thing I know, we get back and we start blending and start doing some really fun finishes. So basically the Saints Alley line across uh, across the country that you can find is basically inspired by our time over in Cognac. And so, so Saints Alley is yeah. the name of this particular uh, line right. uh, in your uh, portfolio. The label's real pretty, by the way. Yeah, it really is. This is the Herald Special Edition? So this is the Herald. It is aged in both Pinot de Chirant, which I fell in love with while in Cognac, mm-hmm. and Armagnac casks. So nice. Two things well, that- it, just the finish alone on this has so much going on. I was going to say it gives it a really, really complex finish. It, it's not a, uh, it's not as straightforward as a bourbon finish often is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's got a little more going on. It's spicy too. Yeah, yeah. it's a high rise. Oh yeah, spicy. Is this uh, what is the ABV on this? Is it it's one oh seven? One oh seven. Then the nose on it, guys. I'm telling you, it, it, it was a flashback to walking through the aging warehouses, or I should say, the cellars in cognac. Yeah, that's that's delightful. Y'all should, you know, I'm it, very proud of that one. That's good. I think for people who want to try, you know, cognac, but they haven't quite developed the taste for it, this would be a perfect way to sort of take a step in that direction. It's definitely a bourbon, but it's got some of those notes, some of those, some of those cognac notes from the. Uh, uh, it's really really good. I mean, it's, just, uh, hard, it's got to, this, hard to even. It's got this uh, mineral back to it. Yes, just, for sure. That I absolutely love that. And that for to sure. me, it seems like a very Texas whiskey kind of thing. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Texas and France 
you know, uh, it's an interesting combination. It seems to be working. Hey. I've been proving that for seven years now. I love it. I love it. All right, let's uh, let's take a break, and we will return for more tasting. This is uh, absolutely wonderful, and I will finish it during the break. It's smoking and toasting. That is the sound of refreshment coming our way. And welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it's show number two, uh, I'm sorry, number 326. We are seven weeks away, ladies and gentlemen, from our big anniversary celebration, the 333rd show. And I sure hope both of you guys are going to be there. It's going to be a, uh, a doctor's making a face. Are you out of town? I think I might be in Arkansas. Uh, well, you and your excuses. Yeah, of all places. Living the high life that I am. <laughs> all right. Old well, champagne docs over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's the way it rolls. So uh, Ian just opened our can of uh, maybe the best-named beer we've ever featured on the show. I don't know if it's good. I haven't, I haven't tried it. I'm excited about Voodoo Brewing, though, because they uh, seem like a pretty uh, a pretty progressive uh, brewery. They're out of Meadville, Pennsylvania. And <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, the robots on the, the robots uh, cover. On and I think we have some good B-roll of that, too. But uh, the I'm robots on the cover are... The rebel. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just one of the greatest quotes from one of the greatest movies of all time. I'll tell you a quick story while we're sampling. When I saw that movie, I, I was I was an on-air DJ working the overnight shift, which means, which nobody does anymore. It's all just computers in the middle of the night. But I was working the overnight shift, which meant about, you know, one or two in the afternoon was when I'd wake up and start my day. So I went to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure when it came out. At an afternoon matinee in the summer. And it wasn't until I got into the theater that I realized it was full of little kids. I was like one of only a handful of adults in there. And this whole auditorium full Creepy. of little kids was watching the Pee Wee movie. That was what I thought at first. But it turned out to be awesome. Because every time Pee Wee said, I know you are, but what am I? Or whatever. The whole auditorium would erupt in kid laughter. <laughs> and it was like, it was kind of a special uh, special experience. I have you to say. So we have time for this story. I don't think segment. we do. Let's, let's, do let's, let's do some tasting, shall we? Uh, thank you for bringing this back to reality here. I'm alone. Dottie, a rebel. It's an IPA from Voodoo. It's an imperial, so it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, a pretty big one. What do you think, Ian? It's uh, it's big. It's balanced. It's multi up front, and it's uh, bitter, and uh, pretty quick to finish on the end. It leaves yeah. a slight sweetness. It's on not the leaving lips. you tons of uh, bitter on the end, is no, it? No, it actually there's a slight sweetness to the aftertaste that's really interesting. Now, Docs, you're not really an IPA guy. Is this one too big, too big for your? Uh, a particular taste? The first smell and sip, I enjoyed it. Almost got a grapefruit skin thing mm -hmm. going there, but mm -hmm. just like chewing on a piece of grapefruit skin, it gets old in about 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. So second sip, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. Robert, really what about you? I absolutely love the nose on this one. Yeah. Palette was really fun kind of up front, but again, as it gets like sits and gets more and more bitter, it's not it, necessarily It my does seem though. to get more bitter like way after the finish, mm -hmm. you know? It's a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Ian has been quick to point out and did during the break that often these big IPAs go really well with rye. And so, very quickly, Robert Porter, some rye. Oh, what is this rye? It is. Or should I say Ermager? Ermager. <laughs> um, now, what is the rye we're tasting here? Wait, wait till you see this. <laughs> this is another of the Saints Alley. It's called the Nobleman. Mm -hmm. And this one is a rye finished in? Tokai casks, which is... What is that? It is a... Uh, a a noble rot wine, kind of like Sauternes out of France, but it's made in uh, Hungary rather than in. Um, wow, Ian, that in uh, that works rather well together, wouldn't you it's say? 
really, Dox was having issues with it, but yeah, and, and, I'm, 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 this this is what it smells like when we burn staves in the fire in France. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. It's, it's 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 I'm taking me back. I'm not even here right now. Uh, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? So it's, it's offering thing. an experience. It's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm digging this. this uh, is... I think I think that first of all, I like the IPA, but you knew I was. Probably knew yeah, I was you're, going you're, to. You're predetermined yeah. some, to yeah. some degree. And I don't like every IPA, but I do like this one. Uh, and I think it's, uh, I think it is definitely big. But it got I the. You've got to want it, it. Is... at some point in time. We can we can help you pray the IPA away. Oh, is that what you can do? <laughs> Conversion therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a. Few you weren't that... born this way. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a, sorry. That's a, I am that's making a, jokes. A learned, just, a like, learned behavior. Is that what you're saying? I'm going to move a couple of seats down yeah. that way. So just, so, <laughs> just so when the when the lawsuits come in, disassociate <laughs> yourself from uh, from that. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, I'm on the right track, baby. I, I was totally born this way. Right I'm, a, this I'm an IPA person. This rye is. Right, it's delicious. Outrageous. Yeah, it really is. And it actually goes well with this uh, IPA. Most of the time, Rise and IPAs go well together. And it's interesting that Rise also go, in my experience, very well with cigars, mm-hmm. while IPAs do not always go well with cigars. But there's something about the spiciness of the rye really really works well with the with It's a really interesting. Cigar. The spiciness on this rye is, is like on the outside and back of the tongue. It's not up front where you normally get the spicy. It's wow. Way back here, kind of in its own area. If you go back to the Voodoo IPA, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. After the rye, it's like Grapefruit City, mm-hmm. but, but kind of a still the grapefruit skin thing, but even more pronounced than uh, than what it was like before. Don't do this, Doc. You'll hate that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's for you. But, no, I have to. But for the rest of us, uh, cheers. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> cheers. What is the... I hope the camera's on Ian right now, because that's that's the greatest little, like, white dude dance ever. Very nicely done. Yeah, back uh, lip. Welcome back. It is... Uh, <laughs> it's Smoking and Toastin'. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are on show number, what did I say, 326, uh, for those who have been around uh, the program for a while. And we're, of course, now heard on the Audio One uh, radio network on the weekend. So uh, uh, thank you to anyone who is tuning in to us for the first time. While you're uh, uncorking that bottle, uh, Doc, you said something during the break about the rye, and I wanted to get you to, to repeat it, the rye that we just uh, just tasted here, because it was exceptionally good. Uh, I mean, the thing is, my liver's been around the block. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hard to impress. Uh, but this I, just... I think I passed by it one time yeah. on a New York City street. Yeah, I think so. Almost it was, it was crying. <laughs> so you're saying you're hard to impress? Well, no, I, I, like listen, but it's, it's, uh, here's the thing. This particular rye was nothing short of miraculous. And, and what I mean by that is that the alcohol on the nose was practically non-existent. Normally, especially with the overproof, well, let's say over 100 proof uh, spirit, you got to put a little something in it, a drop of water just to cut through the alcohol so that you're really tasting and smelling the spirit. But it was all right there. Um, uh, it was, I, I was blown away. I was blown away. Very, very, very good stuff. stuff. Now, we know the guys at Iron Root are, um, are never, uh, never afraid to experiment, which is one of the things I think is so cool about what you guys do. But you don't necessarily think of that when it comes to every uh, uh, whiskey distillery. And that's why I was so surprised. We'll see if this surprises you the way it did me to discover that Buffalo Trace is about to release a peated whiskey. What? Yeah. Okay. That was my reaction. Do you, was that you yours as well? This. So 
I, I've known this for a little while just because people would go up and visit Buffalo Trace. Yeah. And that was always the picture that they would take, be like, what in the world is this? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's called uh, burning peat moss. Yeah. So what, what do you think of that? I mean, is it, uh, is, is it cool? Is it, is it fun? I mean, obviously none of us have tasted it, but is, is it a cool idea? Would you guys ever do something like that? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, most definitely. Uh, I think, uh, the very first time I ever heard of someone doing that, especially with bourbon, was Kings County out of New York. Did mm-hmm. a really cool mm-hmm. one. Uh, Nicole Austin was there at the time when they did that. It was really cool. That really kind of stuck around. And we, we actually do, every year, a corn whiskey that we age in port cask in peated single malt barrels that okay. has like a smoky. Uh, has, has a little bit of that peat, peat smoke. It, sure, yeah. yeah. But nothing in the actual oh, distillate. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to watch. Well, experimentation has to be at least a part of what brought your two companies together to uh, to start doing not just a barrel exchange, but something even more involved. So tell us about that. No question about it. We're definitely kindred spirits because there's something that we have in common other than just you know the uh, connection between Cognac uh, and Denison, and that is both uh, both our, our, our philosophy is to push the boundaries mm-hmm. of what's expected from our respective spirits. We can have respect for tradition and not be bound to it right. and not be afraid to do something completely uh, uh, different and have something completely different. <laughs> uh, so, so and speaking of, uh, what we're tasting right now is our Jamaica 2007 that has been uh, aged inside their uh, rye casks. Just speaking generally, I've always loved your Jamaican rums. They have just a wonderful, yes. yeah, just a wonderful quality about them. Jamaican rums have a tendency to be, you know, maybe a little more of that funk. rubbery funk. Uh, that I don't know how else to describe but this it. This is There's like be George Clinton kind of funk. Right. This is like, exactly. This is we want <laughs> the funk. Not like, gotta have this that. This is not funk. like. Like the high school swim locker kind right. of like <laughs> funk. This is like. Thank you for calling that memory back. To <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. When you said that right now, I thought you said Bill Clinton funk, and I was no. like, oh, he's, he plays the sax, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, don't, no. I don't know about That's funk. About as funky as playing the sax for George or for Bill Clinton is, uh, is, is questionable. Oh, yeah. no, that's, that's in, he plays, but plays is kind of in yeah, air quotes. Well, I may have left a little bit of funk behind the White House desk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry, sorry, radio. No. Sorry, Adam. Sorry. What have you done? <laughs> um, I love, like, right when you get the nose on this has that uh, funk, and I love well. it, that Jamaican. There's just mm-hmm. no other way. So, but here's the here's the thing though. It's beautiful. You, you, you talked about what, what you talked about a tendency from Jamaican rums, and let, let, let's let's be very clear about what that means. Because uh, even though there's definitely a style and a terroir Jamaican rum, it really uh, it depends on not only what, what the still they're using, which is you know sure. most parts gonna be pot still what we're doing, um, but it's also is it going to be uh, a muck pit uh, uh, um, based on based on the word or not? So this one comes from. Clarendon, Clarendon Distillery. We have two in Jamaica. We have Clarendon and we have Long Pond, both mm-hmm. very old distilleries. Long Pond does uh, use a muck pit in production. We do not, certainly they do not at Clarendon. So this one is not going to have that extra funk that you get. And a muck pit, and by the way, I owe you guys an apology. Uh, this was one of like the second show I ever did with you guys. I really, really dumbed down the uh, definition of what a muck pit is. Well, uh, that's because you were working with us and you were, <laughs> you were concerned we would need to understand. Explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah, uh, exactly. 
So, <laughs> so, uh, so a muck pit is uh, something that uh, it's it's indescribable in a way that there is going to be some dunder in there, but there's also going to be some cane juice and some other leftover cane spirit. Everything, whatever crawls in there and dies and all kinds of bacteria and that sort of thing. It's actually a disgusting little process, but they are going to take that and put it inside the next fermentation. Uh, sort of that whole sour mash mentality. Mm -hmm. So okay. why is that a good idea? Well, it's a good idea because people like that kind of taste, and not to go too <laughs> far. Some the people that, 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 that like the, 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 like a funky, funky Jamaican mm -hmm. rum. Mm -hmm. That's why it's not okay. for everybody. Now this one's Ian like just again, raised his hand. So, it's but, for but, him. but yeah, this one's again. This one is from Clarendon. No, no muck pit in this one, and not to go too far off roading. And we'll talk about this soon when it does come out. We're actually doing. We're creating a muck pit in Barbados. Which mm. is pretty uh, uh, rare, un unheard of. I was going to say. And we're going to be doing some some rums, uh, uh, more of that Jamaican style in Barbados soon. As much as I love Jamaican rums, Barbados rums, uh, those are, there's just something something wonderful about the Barbados rums that I have had. But this will change things a little bit, won't it? Well, this will add more of the funk, if you will. Absolutely, but, but again, but when you say change, it's it's not permanent change. It's just a thing we, it's, we it's do. A thing you're we we do. carve it outside the lines a little bit, and, and we're going to still continue that. to do traditional Barbados rums, and we're going to still continue to do pot still, and we're going to do some blends. But just we like to play around. We got some uh, saltwater fermentation going on right now. You guys have, um, you know, still have with your uh, Isle of Fiji and with the uh, Stiggins Fancy Pineapple, you have some of the most. Uh, reasonably priced, super premium rums in the business. These, well, though, I, I did mention the price of glass went up know, twice in cognac. So everything's everything's jinxed it, Cruz. Everything's going up. But no, but but my my thought is that these, you know, I, I'm assuming this is a more expensive bottle, but I think these totally deliver. On their price point, I think I paid sixty-five dollars for it. Right? Really? No, I was going to think it would be more than that. It's currently on sale at Total Wine, though it's not an exclusive. Uh, it's available at any retailer, but I, I currently found this one at the Total Wine right down the street on San Felipe. That's great this for for what? Like, I think sixty-five. I think yeah. that's brilliant. There's like this toasty kind of oaky finish to this. That's just like I could sit there and take a sip and then like enjoy the the, the aftertaste for. I almost get. A little bit of uh, like toasted marshmallow, like not the sugary marshmallow, but the taste that marshmallows have when you like, you know, toast them in the fire. That sort of outside, uh, really interesting. I uh, I like this a lot. So this is a 2007. What does that mean? Uh, it means that it was uh, first distilled in 2007. So that's the first distillate of, of right. this. Okay. So let me think here. I'm going to remember. I think it's 10 years in a bourbon barrel. Let's see here. We do a lot of rum, so it's hard for me to remember. 11 years in bourbon cask, three years in a fraud cask, and a year in the Iron Root Republic bourbon cask. Wow. I mean, Very nice. Think about it. $65 for a 15-year-old cast strength rum. Like there, There's yeah. nobody doing that on the market. 100%. That's, that's very impressive. Listen, I... I just and I we just, all know the bottle costs five dollars more. So. My older brother was in town. <laughs> than it did before. So, my older brother was in town, and at the risk of making this a popular thing, I turned him on to the Isle of Fiji rum. Yep, that is less than thirty dollars for a bottle. Yep, it's so good. That is, he goes, he goes, is it a sipping rum? I was like, oh yeah, and dude. Like changed his life. He's like, I'll be buying more of that on my way home. There are three things that we are never without at my house. And two of them are plantation rums. <laughs> yeah. One's uh, Space City Vodka, because that's what I use to make uh, 
to make uh, uh, gimlets and, and martinis. <laughs> and it's extremely affordable and uh, wonderfully distilled. And the other two are plantation rums, the Isle of Fiji and the Fancy Pineapple. Those are always in stock at Casa de Cruz. You can come over anytime, and we'll enjoy one together. God, they are so close to that trip to France, guys. It's just, just <laughs> it's this close, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I enjoy having uh, having other plantation rums too, and this one seems like a really good candidate at. at what, would you say around sixty-five dollars on sale? So I think so. Yeah. Not, do you want do, do you want to taste its uh, its uh, sister bourbon? There? Yeah. Let's do that. Yes, this is this is about uh, cross pollination. But uh, I, I will point out that I'm not going to pour this out. Uh, so so we have a fresh mine, glass. Fill mine last. <laughs> that is such good stuff. I mean, to me, it's like I, I don't know. I I just think back to my college days of you know doing shots and what a waste of time and alcohol that was that i mean toasted sweetness just being able to, the to funk bring all this in so, so great well who do you think you're kidding doing shots back in college you and mary are probably doing shots off the balcony like this past weekend no no we don't do shots we we literally we if if it doesn't sip we're not that interested Got it. yeah uh but uh that's not to say i don't sip quickly I could be accused of that, but uh, <laughs> if it don't sip, you must have quit. He, just, yeah, he doesn't right. take shots; he just sips it all as one, all at once. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a super man. fast sip. Uh, okay, so Robert, what are we tasting here now? So we've moved on to our funkier side of stuff that we do, and that's going to be our pot still heirloom corn bourbon. So, oh. so one of the things that Texas has been kind of become known for is they call this kind of this. Uh, what they call the Texas funk, and that mm-hmm. comes a lot again as we were talking about earlier. That style of still that you use really does impact what you're doing. Wasn't that a uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan album? Texas funk. Texas flood. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Should have been I, Texas I, funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that would have worked. So, Texas whiskeys have have that that minerality that is just so prevalent in mm-hmm. everything. I'm going to tell you, Texas whiskeys, in my opinion, I don't think. I would put them on par with anything coming out of Kentucky or Tennessee. I really believe that. I, I don't think there's any any reason not to hold them in the same yeah. regard. I mean, I'm going to be right there with you. I mean, obviously, I'm slightly biased on that topic, but it's what the big thing for people to understand. It is a different style of bourbon um, mm-hmm. for the mo- most part. Uh, so just like you'd have like peated scotches and like Highland scotches. Texas bourbons, especially when you get into this pot still version, what you're doing is it's going to be a completely different flavor profile. You're going to be emphasizing what's going on with the grain more. That's where you're getting that minerality from. It's really kind of the mineral from the from the soils that the corn's absorbing. And remind me again what this is finished in. So this is finished in the uh, the plantation rum casks. So oh, nice. Do you recall the country? Uh, I believe these are Fiji, actually. Fiji. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So no wonder I'm loving this. So this I think just... we had some Fiji, some uh, some Jamaican, and there was a handful of it was cognac cat, Sauternes cognac casks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you take better. a sip of this, and the flavors are so warm and inviting, and then you breathe out, and it's just just the the flavor explosion on the palate as you breathe out gently is so amazing i'm really loving today's show really loving it all right we got to take a break from today's show and uh, we will be back with more tastings and of course we're just moments away from drinking news stand by it's smoking and toasting 
Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And I love well, those things. Ian is pouring some of the craft beer that we mentioned a moment ago. I want to tell you about our guys in the studio today are all about collaboration. Uh, Partagas Cigars is doing their very first collaboration. This is a brand that has been around for many, many years, and they are collaborating on something called the Partagas de Bronce, which is handcrafted in Miami by the uh, Cuban expatriate rollers of the famous El Titan de Bronze Cigar Factory. The cigar's name calls upon the Spanish uh, spelling of bronze in tribute to the origins of Partagas and El Titan de Bronze, and it was blended by Justin Andrews with Sandy Coates and the blending team at El Titan de Bronze. So this is the first ever collaboration. You've seen so many other, uh, you know, um, uh, Rafael Nodal and AJ Fernandez have collaborated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many different people have collaborated among the different cigar companies, but not um, not Partagas. They've been. Uh, by the way, I didn't wind up with one of the beers somehow. Uh, oh, will you uh, do another pour? How did that happen? <laughs> oh, uh, I think I, I passed it on to a producer because remember oh. uh, when we have. Oh, okay, that's what happened. That's all right, what good. Happened. Uh, all right, keep that. We we have everybody. Yeah. Everybody's taken care of, and now we have an extra, so one oh, of us will now it's mine. Okay, fair enough. But one of the things that we always do with our engineer is make sure we're, you know, giving them some nice pours during if, the show. If, if he doesn't get samples, he might ask for, you know, a raise. raise. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're trying to prevent. So, uh, so that's the way it goes. Um, the uh, the beer that Ian has poured here is from a reaction. Did, did Doc spill beer, or was that no, you? No, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, so bo- uh, the bottle had a little eruption there. No, no, Doc's is just not a I fan. I think I'd rather have him running with a real chupacabra than this. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, so an early, an early way in there from Doc's. Mm-hmm. This is an imperial stout, and I believe that it is. Uh, uh, it's, it's not what I'd call subtle. Okay, that's for sure. I, I like it. <laughs> this is this is the what kind is, of beer that the, I like. This is this what does the bottle tell us about this? This is dark enough and sticky enough to where if you accidentally uh, put a couple drops between two pieces of wood, you will never get them apart. Okay. This is your kind of beer, in other words. Yes, this is very much. Uh, this yeah. is 13%. So like so a very out. low ABV yeah, is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> 13%. <laughs> Day drinker, if you will. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, it says, oh, oh, it says here, uh, according to Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. I feel like they just lifted that from someone else's. Yeah, label. I think I've seen that on another Probably beer before. That's a little plagiarism. Real aged stout, aged on uh, spiced rum, oak, cinnamon, nutmeg, brown sugar, and coconut. It's it's pretty damn sweet. So, Docs, this is not your cup of tea. No. It's, uh, I, uh, okay. Do you know these guys? Are they friends with them? Yeah. Uh, I my bro yes I did. Wait, what? <laughs> this is ancient and used our barrels for this. Probably. Oh, it's wonderful! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Jeremy uh, Jeremy it. Roberts is the head br- or the owner there, and he and my brother were actually neighbors when we first moved mm. up to Denison. Um, oh, he, nice. uh, they lived next to each other, and so they're very early beers. My brother was a guinea pig for. Well, wow. Uh, well, as my grandfather used to say, if everybody liked the same thing, I have to keep a closer eye on your grandma. So. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's good. Uh, I, I like this. I, I think it's very, um, very well rounded. Uh, sometimes you get these imperial stouts that have the cacao uh, nibs thing, and they have a tendency to go a little bitter. This one just is gritty and delicious. I would I drink this floating down the river. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I know. This this is who you are. That does and not bother me at all. And I'm glad to know that you're that. that 
that. And by the way, this I'm beer be, is so dark it will stain everything it touches, <laughs> including your fingers. By including the way, including your soul. <laughs> I, like I'm not joking about that. Yeah. That's that's for real. See, um, that's why I don't have a soul. I don't have to worry about that. Sort of thing. <laughs> I sold that off years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, well uh, is, isn't I, I actually really like this, uh, and and probably. Even more than I normally like uh, an imperial stout like this. this. To me, this one is—it's got this little kick, sweetness kick to it that it makes it really uh, uh, makes you kind of really want doc, more, which, which, which I kind of do. More, yeah. So, if, if uh, you're wanting a clean, traditional imperial stout, this is not the beer that you're yeah, going right, to want to be no. drinking. And I there's also say, this beautiful little alcoholic kick in the very, yeah. very back of it. And I just want to say, as the IPA like guy on the kick. show. I'm glad to have a guest on the show who doesn't particularly like a beer that isn't an IPA. Because usually it's the uh, anti-IPA crowd that I have to grapple with. Uh, but, uh, Docs, you go. And I'll drink your portion of this because it's pretty damn good. We'll uh, be we right back. start our own club, IPAA. Drinking news is next, as if, uh, as if that was appropriate. And uh, we have uh, still... A surprise from Docs to taste, which I'm getting pretty excited about. So stand by. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We just had a very divisive uh, craft beer uh, in the last segment. That was the 903. Um, uh, chupacabra. I liked it just because of the name. Over the top. I also, it's thought ridiculous. it was delicious. It's way too sweet. It's got too much stuff going on, and, and I really it. like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> Doc's not so impressed, but that's all right. Uh, this is one of the Doc's things. Doc was trying to shave his tongue between segments. There. He's trying to get it off. <laughs> and again, it wasn't because of an IPA. So I'm excited to report that. Uh, no, uh, but it's one of the reasons. You know, seriously, the whole. The whole concept of the show exists. We'll try these things. We'll tell you what we what we get, and uh, then hopefully that can help inform your decisions. It's if up you're to you. into this type of uh, beer, uh, this is a good one. If you're not, yeah, definitely stay away. This is not a this is not a bridge uh, a bridge product. So. How old are you? I'm thirty. Six. Okay, so no, you weren't. So the, the three of us, I think that we were uh, young adults and sexually active during the, uh, the the original Chupacabra mystery days. You know what I mean? So define uh, sexually active. Well, I mean, we were old enough to consent. You know, he was he was a young gotcha. young man. Yeah, Not that gotcha. the one has anything to do with the other. I don't know why I threw that out there. It kind of just fell out. <laughs> what, what do you well, have I'm to do to qualify this, as being Chupacabra? Sometimes, sometimes Doc's thoughts just spill right out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oops, I noticed that. We were the proper age of that. Anyway, my point yeah. is, is that we lived through the whole chupacabra hysteria, if you will, yes, yes. where there was moments where, like, okay, is this real? You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. right, right. It, it was like a real thing. It was on the news. It was like people were actually talking about, like, it was oh, the weekly world See, news. Forget, listen, if yeah, I had the opportunity to prove the existence of either a Bigfoot. B, the Loch Ness Monster, or C, the Chupacabra, I would go Chupacabra every time. <laughs> it's just too cool. The it's Chupacabra also, is too it's cool. the least scary of those three options. Yeah. Too. Ah, just killing goats. It's Speaking fine. of the least scary of three options, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a strange 
Gator. What 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 where do my words go? Dunks is really throwing you off on today's <laughs> show, isn't he? <laughs> Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Drinking News is in the house, and here's a little free legal advice from Smoking and Toasting. I should stress, by the way, that none of us here are lawyers, and we certainly would not pretend that we're experts in the law in any form or fashion, uh, and that, in fact, you should follow any advice that we might give on this or anything else, for that matter, uh, at your own risk. A car accident? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should, you should take any advice we might give at your own risk, especially... If it's from Ian and it involves Malort, <laughs> just just saying from personal experience. Uh, that said, I support all those suggestions. By the way, that said, some things are just so plainly obvious that we don't feel like we're wading into any dangerous territory by weighing in on them a bit. So here goes: If you're in trouble for doing something bad, the legal defense of "Hey, I do stupid stuff when I'm drunk." is probably not going to help you too much in a court of law. I mean, it is a true thing. Yeah. Like, just because you're telling the truth doesn't make you not dumb. And I can factually say, though, that I've never seen that defense work on any episode of Law & Order. So there's that, at least. Very right? rarely. It didn't work for my mom or dad. So it's probably also not going to help a Florida man a who's been Florida charged man. with two counts of arson. It seems that Anthony Thomas Tarduno. Why do you know already just by the name? I don't I know. Love that every time don't it's to... a Florida man, you got to have three names like a right, serial right. killer. Like every <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> like before like, this story starts, I just want to start off with that. Yeah. Like if it was someone from Tennessee, it'd be like Bob like, Smith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Smith or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Anthony Thomas Tarduno because, of course, it is of Springgill, Florida. And he was enjoying a little early happy hour several months ago with his favorite libations in a bar in Hernando County. Tarduno decided that he'd head on home or maybe even to the next bar around 4.30 p.m. And when he exited the building, he spotted a police patrol car in the parking lot. And to quote the deputy's report, Decided he'd like to set it on fire. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. well <laughs> yeah. as one does. Yes, there are know. so many things that we could say here, but I'll wait because... That old chestnut. <laughs> the story continues. <laughs> the Florida man then went dumpster diving in the bar's uh, large metal waste bin and retrieved a bag of garbage, which he dragged to the patrol car and placed beneath the vehicle. He then did exactly what you're thinking he did. He set the bag of trash on fire. Well, because that's what you do. Florida. Yeah. yeah. Then, according to sheriff's deputies, he fled the scene. Hey, man, when in Florida, do what the Floridians do. Or not. He's trying to reduce the amount of trash going into the dump, <laughs> is what I just heard. Right. According to sheriff's deputies, he then fled the scene, but returned after a while to confess. Because, and again, I'm quoting here, he felt bad. He had, well. a, he had a defense, though. And it, while it's not clear if he'll actually use this defense in court, he told the officers that he was, quote, intoxicated at the time and that he, quote, 
does stupid stuff when he's drunk. <laughs> How do you think that worked out for him? That's more jacked up than a rattlesnake and a lawnmower. I'm sorry to that. I do stupid when I'm drunk. Yeah. Well, see ya. <laughs> you, know, you know sometimes I say things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do things. The sheriff's office says the trash was placed directly under the gas tank, which caused severe damage to the car oh, when it was think? on fire. And we actually have a uh, picture here that Adam will super up for that uh, if you're watching on video. Officials say that Tarduna was cooperative with deputies and proudly told them that he was, again quoting here, a professional arsonist, end quote, who has been convicted of similar crimes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Because, yeah, that'll help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He also <laughs> attempted to bolster his case. He's been drunk a lot. Of <laughs> by telling by telling them that he didn't target the patrol car specifically, and that he would have set fire to any car in the location because you know again, I'm not so sure if you're strengthening your case here, Florida man. Uh, as we mentioned, Tarduna was charged with two counts of arson, and his bail was set at thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> so. Our decidedly non-expert legal advice, maybe come up with a better defense than I do stupid stuff when I'm drunk. Was, was he bragging when he was talking about yeah, the other fires? Yeah. Hammer yeah. ass, gold uh, fire in 83? Yeah. That was mine. Because <laughs> I do stupid stuff when I'm drunk. But almost anything would be better than that excuse. You know, say you were just doing... What about the time travel defense? What about, like, I was here at a bar drinking... And the next thing you know... I think it could work. Like, right, that's time travel. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. There's, you you know? have to have requisite intent on some of the things, so <laughs> you could get to a downgrade of your, what you're, where you're going to be uh, yeah, or, charged Or with. say you were just doing your part to defund police, because that's apparently something that people get all up in arms about, right? Uh, say you thought you saw a troll under the car, and you were just trying to smoke him out, and things got a little out of hand. Or maybe... Just tell them you watched an old Beavis and Butthead episode and got carried away when Beavis started chanting, fire, fire, fire. Because as you know, in this day and age, he said, fire. you can blame everything on the media and people just might believe you. Reporting live from Hernando County, where I'm glad I don't have any matches with me. Because there's a purple 1972 AMC Gremlin in the parking lot here that's just asking for it. <laughs> My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. There's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Can you believe we took up eight minutes of a segment with that? <laughs> I think you were wrong about nobody at this table being a lawyer, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you actually a lawyer, Robert? I, I'm not actually a lawyer, but I did but graduate. But you play one on TV. I graduated from law school. So, oh, um, okay. You're well, just one bar exam away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that could work. But he uh, couldn't pass the bar. In his defense, I haven't passed the bar in my whole life. But <laughs> but, uh, I always stop at the bar. <laughs> that would have required me to what, actually take was that, Henny, that was Henny Youngman originally, <laughs> wasn't it? I think it was. I think it was. Uh, uh, you kids who are too young to know who Henny Youngman is, look him up. Google him on that smarty phone of yours. Uh, That's all right. That's if only show. there was a <laughs> yeah. supercomputer in my hand that yeah, I could ask that's questions. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, do we have time for the surprise? Oh, we certainly do. Remember that <laughs> Isle of Fiji rum that you love so much? Yes, I do love the Isle of Fiji. Surprise. Uh, Fiji rum aged in iron root Prometheus whiskey barrels. What? Oh, wow. Now, this one will not be here till later this year, and this one will be. It's a total wine but it, barrel pick. It you have be, it in the most adorable little bottle It will ever. be coming out, though, you're saying, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. God, I had huh? a joke there and I just swallowed it. Yeah. All right. Good, <laughs> good deal. Good to know. Good to know. I love, I love, right. your, I love uh, your phone uh, uh, okay. cover, by the way. It had that custom made. 
That's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. wait. We're going. I, no. I've forgotten what was what. We got I, I apologize. We got it all. All right. We're trying to trying to make sure everybody this. gets. It. All right. So this oh. is exciting. Just, just, just the nose. So repeat again for me. This, this is of Fiji rum. No, no, this is the rum from Fiji. It's oh, not, it's I'm a, sorry, it's not Isle of Fiji specifically, but rum no, no, from no, no, Fiji. No, yeah, because this one's going to be, oh, ooh, doesn't say here on little, the, little it doesn't, doesn't say here on the front of the label, but just from the nose alone, I'm, uh, I'm guessing this is all going to be uh, pot still rum. I'm uh, guessing from the nose alone, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> yeah, I love this so much. Where the, where the Isle of Fiji is going to be a blend of uh, uh, pasta right, and column right. rum. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know the specifics on this one. It doesn't say so on the little label here. And again, we make a lot of rum. But uh, yeah, it's going to spend some time uh, not only in the uh, bourbon barrels in Fiji and, of course, the cognac barrels in France, but it's going to spend some time in the Prometheus barrels. When your This apology... is what I want my mouth to always taste like. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. When your apology... Includes the line, we make a lot of rum. <laughs> I think that says something about you and something actually rather positive, to be honest. So this one, this is spicy, this, spicy, spicy. Oh, my spicy. goodness. This is over-the-top flavor-wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's almost too much. It's yeah. so good. Pra- practically no fruit on this at all. It's, it's all spice. It's all spice, but just lovely warming on the palate. Mm. You know. Yeah, solid spice. Docs, do you get spoiled by, uh, by the caliber and the quality of what you're able to have access to on a regular basis, because I know I do. Just from doing I, I, I the show, I wouldn't say spoiled because I think spoiled is in you know uh, is when you don't appreciate something anymore. Right. And I still very much so appreciate it. You know, I, I, I'll you know when you've been to the house and you've seen my collection, sure. and I'll just I'll just walk up there and gaze at it lovingly. Mm-hmm. When I'm in a drinking mood, I just kind of look at it and just look at all my trophies and stuff. And one of my favorite things uh, when we go to France is to climb the barrels and, and the uh, uh, plantation uh, aging facilities. And it's kind of fun taking people there because we'll go, we have a Trinidad over here. We have a Fiji over here. Hey, I found a Guadalajara over here. You know, a Guatemala. And that sort of thing. And just, uh, we, we just, we get it from, I think, Guadalajara. <laughs> Guadalupe or Guatemala. We don't do a Guadalajara. Actually, maybe we do, but uh, um, <laughs> if anybody did, it would be you guys. Yeah, yeah. we just, have a lot of rooms. You know, just it's 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 fun to explore. That's one things that uh, our hands aren't tied by any particular tour from one country. You know, we get to play around. You know, again, we have our distillery in Barbados and two in Jamaica, but we still get rum from all over the world. I, lo- I love that. Would and you mind explaining the Prometheus because we don't have a bottle of that right now? Yeah, yeah. So Prometheus is going to be our. Or 100 proof uh, bourbon that actually focuses on a really unique type of corn called, uh, it's a flint corn called Floriani. It's, a, it's a, actually the only spicy corn we've ever come across. Mm-hmm. It does really amazing. Like, it's one of my favorite products that we do. It's a, a Texas exclusive, that particular whiskey. Love but that. it's like, it pairs perfectly in like Manhattans and old fashions because that spice helps stand up to all, like any of the sweeter stuff that you do with cocktails really, really well. And it just has jumped in on this Fiji rum, and just that the spice component is just beautiful. So, how, um, what's the difference in terms of sales success of something that's more designed for cocktails and something that's more designed to be a sipper? Uh, do, does does the cocktail, uh, you know, cocktail stuff tends to be, you know, lesser strength and and uh, lesser age, generally speaking? Uh, does that mean that? Uh, do those sell better? I mean, for us, we don't actually, there's not like a differentiation of age of a product for us on that. Um, it's, I would say actually Promethean sells better in Texas than, than the higher proof yeah. zipper. 
outside of Texas, it's kind of the reverse of that, just because Interesting. we don't sell the other one outside of Texas. Well, uh, this, Ducks, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. This is just like a... Uh, it's so spicy. A spicy sensation. Yeah, it really is. Maybe one of the spicier rums I've ever had. Yeah. You know, and not... Um, it's not spiced rum. It's just not rum that rum, is yeah. rum that is spicy, and it's it really works. And we do have this a spiced rum. It's called Cane Rock. Ask for it your favorite retailer today. That's Cane Rock spiced rum. I think one of our big push on that right now. <laughs> Thank you for a word from our sponsor. Yeah, I, I think one of our previous engineers asked for a whole bunch of that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so uh, anyway, that is what it is. I feel like this would be uh, perfect with a cigar, though, like the uh, spiciness. Well. Absolutely. Any uh, any uh, spirit that has an extra bit of spiciness, whether it's a, a, a rye or something like this, really does lend itself well. But to this cigars. would stand up even with like a, a like an LFD Double Lajero. This would be which is a monster cigar. It's a beast. I mean, yeah, it's a beast. Boom. And uh, and this would stand up, I think, right next to that. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed. Well, I'm impressed with all of these. In fact, we haven't had anything today. From you guys, it's been less than amazing. Um, but um, unfortunately, we only have a few minutes in the show left. So we'll be back to uh, wrap those I'm up. Try my infinity cup. Yeah. Uh, oh, are you? For real? For real. All right. We'll, uh, let, you, we'll let you know Not what happens when we come back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Show number 326. We are bringing the spirits together. And uh, that's not some sort of seance thing. This is about uh, this is about bringing it's a very together. spiritual show. Yeah, that's that's the way we do it. That's the way we roll here at Smoking and Toasting. Um, like spiritual advice. Honestly, two of our absolute favorite guests of all time, uh, Docs and uh, Robert Licorice, in the studio from Ironroot Distilling, of course, and from uh, Maison Ferrand. And uh, plantation rums, and I got to tell you, I'm just such a fan of both of you guys' products. That's what's that's what makes this a great show for me. Well, that and the fact that we've been sampling so many of your products. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, this it's uh, funny. The more I sample, the more I like them. The more I feel like burning up a car in yeah. Florida. You always ask me, why do I bring a box full of stuff with me every time? That, yeah, that's exactly that's why. exactly why. Because we may drink a box full of stuff before the show is over. Um, no, guys, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Seriously, this is such good, uh, such good stuff. And I, I love. To me, if there's any sort of mission of the show, it's to encourage people to drink better. You know, and and I was like last night. I'm I'm sitting. My wife and I went over to uh, uh, the Market Square area downtown. I got some sushi over at Sapporo. She got some uh, 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 food from Nico Nico's. We sat at one of the little tables. We uh, you know had uh, a couple of beers, and I'm watching people like pick up. If you the end beers. up at Warren's, by the way, you are not ending up sober. Yeah, oh, I know. Or or La Carafe either. <laughs> if you, but only if you have cash on you. Yes. Uh, but my point is that. I'm watching people like getting their stuff and and you know walking to their tables with the beers they're purchasing out of the uh, out of the you know little uh, you know refrigerated box right. there at Nico Nico's and I'm like guys there's so much better beer in that box than what you chose like you know it's if if anything that's really what the mission of the show is is to tell you that there's there might be better stuff out there than what you've tried and if there is 
here's what we thought about it, and maybe you'll like it too. Uh, that's that's as simple as I can get. That plus samples is what the show's Just all about. Just because Docs doesn't like it doesn't yeah. mean it's not good. That's right. I, I disagree. Full <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I brought my legal counsel to back me up. Sure. No, guys, I've, I've often been accused of, of being a liquor snob, which yeah. I, that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And it's not that I'm a liquor snob. It's just I, I think, you know, the best way I can sum it up is that it, the human body can only consume so many alcoholic beverages in a lifetime safely. you got to make each one count. I think that's as spot on as anything that's ever been I said on the show. Spending I time making your liquors count. I don't know how you train them to do that. I think that'd be a waste of time. I would just drink them. <laughs> so anyway. Well, uh, guys, both of you are uh, are involved in in just creating such such good stuff, such goodwill. This is these are things that make people happy, or they're things that make me happy. And if they make me happy, then by God, they should make everybody else happy too. That's the way I feel about it. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah. My Infinity Cup is delicious. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so just to be clear, the Infinity Cup is right. where Ian's been pouring just a little bit of leftovers from each of the things it's we've tasted. Yeah? Oddly delicious. All right, so what's in your Infinity Cup? Do well, you know? Every, uh, every, uh, every spirit we've had. Every spirit we've had. And is there beer in there, too? Nope, no, nope, just spirits. I got a little beer in mine. Yeah. I get, yeah? I'm actually getting like kind of a Fruity Pebbles thing going here. So <laughs> <I'm excited laughs> <laughs> By the way, there is a there is a beer. Is it from Great Heights? That's um, yeah. Greater Heights has a fruity pebbles. Greater beer, Heights yeah. has a fruity pebbles beer, and it's actually quite good. Mm. This is not <laughs> horrible. No, yeah, no. no. <laughs> this is pretty darn good, actually. Well, it speaks to the quality of what you guys brought in today, because there have been some Infinity Cups that were just absolutely awful this that is, we've had here the, on the show. Uh, this is did that? Did I say that uh, on air earlier? This is the, the the fancy way of doing a Matt Dillon. Yeah, you did. You, <laughs> you I don't know what Matt Dillon. Matthew, Matthew is, Dillon. <laughs> I challenge you guys to start your own uh, infinity bottles. I'm telling you, you won't, you won't regret it. Um, it's fun. Wow. Well, uh, guys, we want to thank you so much for being on the program today. This is so much fun. It's always fun when we have docs on, I have to say, no matter what the situation is. Uh, but but having you on together with Robert, this was, uh, this was a real treat. This is a real treat for us. And not just because of the amazing uh, spirits that we had a chance to drink. Uh, Ian, coming up in the next couple of weeks, Rachel Soto will uh, join us next week. She is a rep with Beam Suntory. They apparently have some new things they want to showcase on the show, so we'll allow them to do that as long as yes, please. we're allowed She's to the, taste. the mistress of Maker's yeah, Marks. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, Maker's Joe Marks. Breda with Old Humble Distilling joins us oh, on, the so fifth, uh, on the following week. And then uh, Elena with Garrison Brothers will be joining us. So oh, we got a lot of a lot of interesting whiskey in our uh, in our uh, future here, but I gotta say, big props to Iron Root for you guys doing this. To me, this just expands your brand in such a wonderful way. And these guys at uh, at Maison Ferran, they know they know what they're doing. They'll uh, they'll they'll get you out there and and so get good. you even more popular than you are now. And uh, we want to thank you and, and encourage you to keep uh, to keep experimenting. Keep doing these things because this is what makes this whole thing much more interesting. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Remember, Smoking and Toasting now debuts on Saturday afternoons at 4 p.m. for the podcast. And if you're hearing us on the radio, 2 p.m. on Saturday at whatever station. Then let us know what channel yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Cheers, y'all. Yeah.